0: Welcome to the Service Management Leadership Podcast with Jeffrey Tiefertiller.
1: Welcome to the Service Management Leadership Podcast. I have a great guest for you, Jeff Jensen. Jeff, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me, Jeffrey. It's great to be here.
1: oh i'm always I'm always happy to have these conversations where we learn from our guests and we're able to uh, just, you know, grab some of their knowledge. So today's topic is on service portfolios, and Jeff is an expert in this area, and we think of service portfolio either from a project management point of view or another point of view, but Jeff has a different view of this, and so that's why I'm happy to have him on. So Jeff, easy question to start with. Why should we care about service portfolios? First of all, what are they, and why should we care? You bet. Yeah, I think the two words that come to mind
0: every time I think about a service portfolio are the words investment framework. If you take apart what that means, investment obviously implies that there's some financial component that has to do with all this. So we're understanding a little bit about what are we investing in and what are we spending money on as far as what we offer and deliver and support with regards to our products and services. The framework piece is interesting because As you mentioned, most organizations typically think of a portfolio in the context of projects. What are the new things we're being asked to do that we need to make decisions around? What projects are we going to spin up and working through some type of governance model with business cases and go no go decisions on, should we spin up a project and assign a project manager and have temporary teams with the resources, your technical leads and your other roles and responsibilities to, execute that temporary endeavor that leads to some outcome or potentially some new product or service or some change to something existing or some type of an improvement. Service portfolio management is a little bit different than that. And I think that's one of the things I'm really excited to be here and to dive in and to talk to is what does that framework really mean? And what does it look like in the context of not just looking at projects, but really how do projects fit in to this bigger portfolio management picture?
1: So what I when you were talking about this, what, what ran through my mind very fast (laughs) through, I have to grab it so it doesn't escape me, was, you know, the project part of the portfolio, that's fine. We all know what it is, but we talk about map services. We talk about all these services and products that we offer from IT, just as business as usual, you call them maintenance, you call them operations, you can call them whatever. But we have these products and services that we continuous we continuously deliver or co-create, whatever word you want to use. But we what you're talking about is how do we understand this big picture of new things coming on, like you know, projects, as well as our existing capabilities through services and and uh products. How do we how do we make that all look together like it's one big happy family so we get some clarity? Is that Pair. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest things has to do with
0: prioritization. It's one thing to prioritize projects. And you think about ITIL V3 where we talked about the pipeline versus mm-hmm. the service catalog versus our retired services. When we look at projects in isolation, right? which project out of all these potential projects we could do is maybe the most important. But are we really looking at that in the context of our existing commitments? What are we already doing and what's the most valuable? What are we spending? spending money on, but maybe not seeing as high of a return or as much demand for around it anymore, those types of considerations sometimes get lost in that larger picture when we're just focusing on the changes from a project perspective and not having that larger service understanding.
1: So to push in even further on that, that would also matter, it would help us as we support projects after they go live into our existing services. It would help us from a DevOps perspective. It would help us as we, you know, we all know how things are. They get, things get thrown over the fence when stuff goes live. And now it's ops responsibility and not dev. And it's how do we make all of those work together seamlessly as much as possible? Absolutely. And having that shared understanding
0: across the different functional teams and breaking down those silos. One of the opportunities I think, and we'll talk about this probably more when we dig deeper, is where does value stream concepts and value stream mapping fit into this concept of a service portfolio? Or maybe another way to look at that is how do I translate the strategic vision and mission and goals that maybe I'm working through strategy management and coming through from a larger directional perspective, especially if we're in digital transformation exercises and things are rapidly changing in our ecosystem. What does that mean in terms of translating that into the actual plans and tactics that we need to execute around? And we can have that shared understanding of what we're doing today and what we need to do in the future. I think the service portfolio and just portfolio management as an overall process and practice really fits in with helping to bridge that gap between those different layers of execution and our different business and operating models even.
1: That makes me think of a question here. How does, you teed me up for it, is how does service portfolio management help benefit both service consumers as well as service providers? I think we have to see it from both sides.
0: Absolutely right. And I love that question because I think we tend to think about, okay, what are we currently spending money on and just trying to get our arms around that through the integration with financial management practices. Having that understanding of current state, what are we spending our money on Can we actually use that to come up with some common service definitions we can do that from an internal perspective but is that really the complete picture and does that really help with that value realization and value co-creation that we want to see it helps us with that understanding of current state and making those prioritization decisions internally but very quickly if we're not doing that from an outside-in perspective and bringing our service consumers to the table and having that transparency and that collaboration we're going to be missing the boat because we're either going to miss opportunities or we're going to misunderstand what those priorities really are and we might be doing that through other areas you know whether that's business relationship management or having those strategic conversations but then again if the business or our service consumers don't have that view of what we're actually reflecting back to them with our prioritization and investment decisions And what we think is the most valuable, either at an enterprise level or potentially within specific business domains, we're not going to be very effective in uh, our allocation and utilization of our investments and our resources. So you use the word
1: opportunities, and I think that's how we see a lot of things. But it also makes me think with finite resources, which I think we all know that we have, it means that we also have opportunity cost. And this lens of service portfolio allows us to make educated decisions, knowing that if we make a decision to invest in X, means we can't invest in Y. And I, I, I see that lens of decision-making at all levels of the organization as being key to success.
0: Absolutely right. And I think when you talk about opportunity cost and understanding truly what we are needing to focus on sometimes our strategic cycles and this is really one of the things that comes out of the digital and it strategy course from itil four perspective is if your strategic cycles are shrinking and you're needing to pivot or make decisions faster and potentially even experiment and learn through testing hypotheses of what direction should we go in if we're shifting our strategic focus or our strategic position If our portfolio isn't reflective of maybe what we're needing to stop or end of life and retire, which we actually should be doing maybe more of if we're in that type of more complex or ambiguous situation, then we're going to need the portfolio to help us through that and have something that we can base making good decisions and utilizing that from a decision making perspective versus think of the implications if you don't have that. What are you going to use to make sure that you really understand the implications of stopping something and not just at a project level but potentially at an offering level with we're no longer going to offer this service because maybe it's a niche thing maybe there's other providers in the market that we don't want to be part of that anymore with our strategic positioning so there's big larger implications way outside of it much more at that business strategy and digital strategy type of layer that. IT can become more of that trusted advisor and strategic partner if we can bring that to the table.
1: So two words when you're describing that came to my mind. Well, two, two sets of words. One is tech debt, because this is that's an opportunity to show value. And the other is I don't, I do not know any organization that does not have, sorry for the double negative, a tools rationalization or application rationalization project going on now. And it seems like This view Uh help with both of those tech debt and the rationalization.
0: Yep. I completely agree with that. I've seen a lot of organizations that have both of those as strategic goals and objectives. And if you think about the portfolio view of that, most organizations aren't only trying to rationalize or optimize their portfolio, but they're trying to shrink it. Why do we have 250 applications that we're trying to still manage and support? Do we really need all of those? And if you can't go through the exercise, not just in the initial project phase of, should we implement this or should we make changes to it? But ultimately, are we seeing the value? And again, not just IT's decision, but really the joint collaborative decision from the service consumer and service provider working together on that, we can start to tear out our portfolio. And this is what I wanna talk about as we get into depth a little bit more, is do we have some tiering Very analogous to, and for those of you listening to this podcast, Jeffrey and I were just talking about CMDB, right? We use DR tiering to potentially use that as an attribute for our configuration items. You can have a slightly different flavor of that that gets into service tiering as a part of our portfolio. So we know, credo, principle eighty twenty rule, what should we be investing in that's most mission critical versus opposite? Maybe those are, it makes us able to be more agile, literally agile or nimble. And hopefully make those decisions more quickly if we're dealing with faster strategic cycles.
1: And on that, it's one of those things, and most organizations have some flavor of metallic, where you have the gold, silver, bronze, maybe some tin at the bottom that you don't care about. But it's the ability to put those into tiers so we make sure that we allocate costs appropriately, I would think, and we understand our total costs. So this is a great conversation. Let's break this into two pieces. So those of you uh, listening, look for Jeff next week. But I have one last question for you for this episode, Jeff. You have done a great job of setting up why we should know, why should we care, why should we embrace a service portfolio. Lastly, how can organizations begin to put this into practice? Yeah,
0: it's a great question. And I think... I'll bring in the guiding principle of start where you are again if you already have a pmo or some type of project management or program management office that's managing project portfolios what are the outcomes and the results coming from those projects and whether that leads to better definitions of services and i know there's different versions of looking at services from a portfolio view versus a catalog view from maybe even more of a service request catalog view do I have those things or do I need to bolster those things? And some of that, again, can be inside out just to get current state, but ultimately we want to shift focus, especially to strategic and a portfolio view on more of the outside in. One of the things I'd like to talk about more, and we'll get to this probably, is typically project portfolios have different elements to them. There's usually a strategic lane and then there's maybe a mandatory or a regulatory and compliance lane of projects we need to do. Hopefully there's some type of back to your tech debt. There's some type of tech lifecycle lane so that we can do make changes and do projects in that lane. And then there's usually some type of hopefully carved out improvement lane that we have some allocated work to. Taking those things and understanding what's coming out of them can hopefully help then elevate what are the services and products that are tied to those, or even we have other types of portfolios, whether that's an application portfolio or a customer portfolio. Start where you are with just getting an understanding of what are those different component pieces that we can start to put together and understand the larger and end flow around and then obviously the governance process that exists today hopefully can be elevated outside of just projects too cuz projects at a portfolio level really should be about the changes that are making to my projects and to my products and services not just the projects in and of themselves and again, that's a big leap of maturity for a lot of organizations to get from A to B with that. So starting with the inventory and understanding of your current governance, your current decision-making, your current attributes that you have today. If you have a PMO, maybe there's an extension where maybe if you have also some informal or formal SMO or service management office, one of the things that I've seen work really well is when the service management office can play a larger role in partnering with the PMO to start to establish that service portfolio because they hopefully do have an understanding of our ITSM practices outside of maybe just the core incident problem change, continual improvement metrics, things that they typically do. That's another topic that would be fun to get into at some point. Those are the things to me that really help you to then start to establish an understanding of importance. And then again, if you have it as more CI level or D- BPDR level service tiering, service criticality, definitions, even if you haven't formally defined services, you know something about the applications or the highest level in that stack. What are the outputs from those? Start there. And then you can start to build on that and apply some 80-20 rule as far as, do I understand what's really mission critical? And I don't have to do this all at once. I can iterate. Let's go focus on the mission critical things first and understand those, because that's what we should be spending most of our money on anyway.
1: And the Pareto principle applies to everything in our lives, right? Understanding what that 20 is, so we can leave it by the side of the road as we try to pick up speed. It's one of the things that only with gray hair have I learned that to apply <laughs> to my life. So Jeff, thank you for being with us and audience. Um, look for him next week. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us today. Thank
0: you for having me. Look forward to the next episode.
1: Have a great day, everyone.